Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. And this was one that I've been wanting to talk about after having to relive this a while back on Twitter. And that is why Jinder Mahal's WWE title run ultimately failed. Now, there have been people that try to be a Jinder's defense, don't hinder the gender, and all that stuff. But the problem is, I'm going to discuss here why... His WWE title run in 2017 was an absolute flop, and why it should never have happened. I understand why they were trying to go in the direction they went, but there were so many problems. So for anybody who doesn't remember, Jinder Mahal had debuted with the company back, at least on the main roster, not including Florida Championship Wrestling, their developmental territory. He debuted in 2011, and his whole character was that he was the great colleague's brother-in-law, and he held that title above the great Kali's head. And he said, if Kali does not obey his orders, he will dis- end up divorcing his sister, his what, like, Jinder Mahal's wife, but great Kali's sister, and send her back into poverty, or poverty, in order to control the great Kali to do whatever he wants. So he had been with, involved with the company since then, even though he had a period where he was gone when he was released. But then after, out of nowhere, shortly after they started the storyline, they dropped it. And Jinder Mahal was never the same. Now, one of the biggest stigmas we stick with Jinder Mahal is that he is pretty much at the bottom of the barrel in terms of where he is on a ladder, a.k.a. enhancement talent. Better term than using jobber, really, when you look into all of it. But you look at this guy's win-loss record, and it is astounding. Now, when I go by the win-loss record, I'm going to be referring to his televised matches, so no house shows or dark matches. So this is going to be everything that happened on Raw's, SmackDown's, NXT, main event, you name it. So in 2011, he had 23 matches. Out of all 23 televised matches, he won 8 of them and lost 15 of them. In fact, two matches that he had in a certain week... The October 3rd, 2011 edition of Raw, and then that same week on SmackDown on October the 7th, he had two very short loss matches. In fact, October 3rd, 2011 Raw, he lost in 33 seconds to Santino Morella. And then that same week on SmackDown, he lost in less than two minutes to Ezekiel Jackson. Not very promising there when you have that win-loss record like that, and you lose a match that short. Now you get to 2012, his best win-loss record there of his entire WWE career, but that's not saying a whole lot. Out of the 65 televised matches, he won 29 and lost 36. The only reason he was getting a lot of wins was because they were also having him do stuff over in NXT, and that was around the time that they were trying to build up who was going to be the first NXT champion, which ended up being Seth Rollins. And then later on that year, that's when he formed 3MB with Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater. So yeah, his best win-loss record on television, 29 wins and 36 losses out of 65 matches. And then it all goes to shit after that. 2013, out of 48 matches, he won 3 and lost 45. Holy crap. 2014, the year he was released, so there's not going to be a whole lot of matches here. Out of the 24 televised matches he had that year, he won 1 and lost the other 23. And then, of course, he was released after WrestleMania 30. Then when he came back in 2016, out of the 20 televised matches since he came back, he won three and lost 17 of them. And then we get to 2017. 
These are all the matches he had right before he became number one contender. Out of the 17 televised matches that he had, right before he won that six-pack challenge, he had won four matches and lost the other 13 out of the 17 matches he had. Think about that for a second. Out of all the televised, the 197 televised matches that this man had right before becoming number one contender to the WWE Championship, he won 48 out of the 197 televised matches he had between 2011 and 2017. That is a terrible win-loss record. I mean, yeah, the people that could probably have worse than that would be like the Brooklyn Brawler or Barry Horowitz. But that is horrible. Because then you look at the guy's last match that he had right before the six-pack challenge was a week prior. April 11, 2000 edition of... April 11, 2017 edition of SmackDown. He lost in a pretty short match against Mojo Rowley because of Mike Gronkowski. Yeah, he was also the runner-up in the Hunter of the Giant Memorial Battle Royal WrestleMania 33, but he also still lost a follow-up match to Mojo. But then things all went downhill because on April 18, 2017 edition of SmackDown, Jenner Mahal won a six-pack challenge against Mojo Rawley, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, and Sami Zayn, which got him the WWE Championship match at Backlash against Randy Orton. Now, they did do something right. They did the whole thing with the heel where he's champion. He'll try to retain by any means necessary, so he's going to have people by his side, and that's when he brought in the Singh brothers. But then... Out of nowhere, Backlash, he wins the championship. Which was just absolutely stupid because the biggest problem that you had here, between even before making him number one contender, they did not do anything to build this man's credibility to make him a legit challenger to the WWE Championship in the first place. Usually when you name a number one contender for, the w, for any championship, whether it be WWE World Heavyweight, whatever at that time, the best thing to do is make sure that you have the opponent be built up so properly that it casts doubt in people's minds that the champion could retain. You have to build that up in order to completely get rid of anybody's, dis like, make them suspend their disbelief, think, hey, this guy has a chance. We could see a new champion. But nobody thought that with Jinder Mahal because you did nothing to build him up to be a credible main eventer not when he became number one contender, and not even still by the time he won the damn title later on at Backlash. Yeah, he won some kind of tag match right before Backlash, but that was it. They, they did absolutely nothing to make him believable main event guy. By the time he became WWE Champion, he still had that whole enhancement talent stench to him. I mean, you look at other guys that you've had within the company that ever get built up and everything that have been in the WWE before, like, say, under different personas and everything, you at least at some point forget about their past personas because the way they're built, you're able to believe that, hey, they're this new person. Like, for example, you look at Bray Wyatt. Do you instantly look at him and think of Husky Harris? Probably not. You know why? Because the company presented him and built him up enough to the point where you completely forgot about the past, and you are more invested in this current character. You don't think Husky Harris anymore because you, all you see is the current day Bray Wyatt. You hear about Kane. When you look at him when he debuted, if you even had the knowledge back then, you didn't think Isaac Yankum or Fake Diesel. You thought of this pyromaniac that's the kayfabe brother of The Undertaker. 
you didn't think about this past stuff. The problem is with Jinder Mahal, like I said, they did absolutely nothing to rectify his past and make people believe that he was a credible challenger for the WWE Championship. If they want to put the title on him because of the reason, like trying to present him like an Indian character, even though he's not really, but still to present him that way to try to build up the Indian market, because that was suddenly the direction they were going with, that's fine, but you have to build him up to maintain that, to build up any credibility to make it work. And they absolutely failed at that. You can't just make somebody a number one contender and make them go from enhancement talent to WWE championship material overnight. That's not how it works. You have to build them up. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And then you look at his WWE title run, a shock defeat when he won the title from Randy Orton at Backlash. It was pretty much the exact same type of setup slash outcome when they had the rematch of Money in the Bank. And then the only reason he won at Battleground because the great Kali out of nowhere, yeah, I'm here. And he just interferes just because and they never follow up on why that happened. And then you had the few, you had the whole thing, of course, where he quickly defeated Baron Corbin with the attempted money or the successful money that bank cash in. So Baron got embarrassed there in quick fashion. Then you had the bad matches against Shinsuke Nakamura, which did not do Shinsuke any favors. And then you also look at the big problem also as well. Survivor Series that year. He was supposed to have been a champion versus champion match where he was going one-on-one against Brock Lesnar. Brock being Universal Champion, Jinder being WWE Champion. And once again, when you have something built up, you have to give some kind of like credibility put out there to make somebody seem like they're a feasible opponent. The problem is, when Paul Heyman was trying to build up the match before they changed directions, he didn't even... Try to present Jinder as a threat. He's just like, oh, ha ha. Like, does he stand a chance? They didn't make it seem like anybody was going to care about this guy. Because if Paul Heyman can't get you to care, you're screwed at this point. Because Paul Heyman can build up anything. Then they realize, oh shit, this experiment's not working with building up Jinder for what we wanted. So they took the title off of him and then put it on AJ. So then AJ got the match against Brock. So, like, they did gender no favors to make him a believable main event guy. Like I said, you can't have a guy who's at the bottom of the barrel, have him win a number one contenders match, and then automatically just snap your fingers and make it, people think that it's going to make him a credible main event talent champ, or talent, ta- or, yeah, main event level talent. You can't do that overnight. You have to build. You have to build them up so that people forget about the past and they can believe that this guy fits in this role like i said if you have shitty like personas back in the day and you like build them up properly today with this new persona you can make people forget about the shitty past but they did not bother doing that at all with gender and he failed the bad matches you had the whole typical heel thing of where you had the guys on his side to help him which again it's kind of typical heel cheating and having bodyguards and all that shit but again, they did absolutely nothing to make people look at him and forget about his past of just his terrible win-loss record in the six or so years since he first debuted on the main roster. Like I said, if you build him up, you forget about the past and make people try to believe that he's avail- like works for this like tier on the, the totem pole. You've had guys who have been at the bottom of the totem pole and also main event that may or may not have been believable, depending on who you are. I mean, we've seen Dolph Ziggler. He's been World Heavyweight Champion. He's also been at the bottom of the barrel. Jack Swagger, yeah, he flopped as World Heavyweight Champion, but they at least made him champion. 
And then he's also been at the bottom of the barrel, too. We've had guys that have been on both areas of the, of the spectrum. Some work, some don't, but it's all about presentation. You don't present them as a legit threat in the build-up to them getting the spot, it's going to fall flat in their faces. Let's be real here. So let me know in the comment section below, what did you all think about Jinder Mahal's WWE title run? And even the build-up to even being number one contender. Like I said, they handled this so poorly that it's not even funny. So, let me know in the comment section below what you guys thought. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember, leave a like, subscribe to the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.